You go first. I I do. Don't you go, hi, I'm Jake. And I go, hi, I'm Parker. This is a great bit to put it. <laughs> hi, I'm Jake. <laughs> Just... Hi, I'm Jake. Uh, and I'm also, Parker. hi, I'm Parker. And I'm, I, I, we don't know anymore. Hi. <laughs> and, and this is <laughs> Adult Theater Kid. One day. It's going pretty good. I had a few auditions, got some cool things going on. Um, yeah, I finally, I'm starting to get auditions for Broadway shows, which is like really kind of heckin' cool because I never thought I was good enough to do that. Am I'm I ever so going to get them? I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm, I'm never going to get them because I'm not like, I didn't study theater, but we never know. How's your week going? Pretty good. Um, you know... I played D&D this week. Saw some friends. Um, I had some auditions too. I actually had a question about auditions. I have t- kind of one question that's two questions. I do voice acting auditions mostly. And I start rehearsals next week for Rocky Horror. But mostly right now I'm just doing voice acting because, you know. And I would have did it. Do you write a cover letter when you audition for things? For like, for what type of work? For voiceover, yeah. Yes. Voiceover, I think most people for voiceover do require uh, cover letters. Right. When it comes to screen and film, they really don't care just because they're looking at so many people that it's like they don't really have time to sit down and read anything. You can leave them a short little message occasionally. So sometimes I'll put like, I'd love to show you what I can do for this. And uh, yeah, and they probably won't read it. It's just nice to have a little message like, I love you on there. Just I love you. Have a good day in school. Get, yeah, Have a good people day don't school. get to hear it. So you just gotta... You gotta people don't get to hear it. <laughs> okay, someone's told you today you matter. Now, I always see them get asked for... I've been seeing them more and more get asked for for like screen things and theater things. And today, I got a request to for an animated show. Mm-hmm. I can't say the name of it. And I first was like, oh, dope, because animation stuff, that's really what I want to do. That and like video game motion capture. That's kind of what my interest is in. And um, I was like, oh, dope. Let me see what they want me to do. And usually it's a pre-screen and then they'll come in and have me do the audition. So I'm expecting like a little script to do a pre-screen, right? Yeah. Uh, no, they want me to make a 90 second video explaining why I want to be in this production. And this is wait. This is a voiceover thing. Yeah. Okay. That. Mm, hmm. They want to be like. I was like, is the answer not obvious? Because I want you to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like because I feel really uh, good about the work, and um, it's you're gonna give it to me. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I am I am I the weird one here? <laughs> no, no, that's ridiculous. I mean, and is there nothing else to this audition? Is that it? That's it. They don't want a pre-screen. I mean, obviously, I send my reels with every, you know, application. If I do a pre-screen, I mean, sometimes I get an audition and they already have the sides and I just read the sides. And sometimes I'm applying to audition because I'm unrepresented. So I send, you know, a little, hi, here's who I am. And, you know, Bob's your uncle. The thing that I was like a video being like, this is why I really want to be in your animated series that I know nothing about. Are you using Voices.com or where are you finding this? Um, I use a couple different things. Mm. But right, I mean, that's actress access, but for voiceover. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is the first time I've seen someone be like, tell me why you want 
to be in this. And it's like when you're at a freaking job interview and they're like, we don't want someone who's only here for the money. And I'm like, what do you think people go to work for? No, I mean, like genuinely, I would be uh, on a jet ski all day long. Aren't you passionate about voice acting? I mean, yeah, but I'm not passionate about your project specifically. I mean, no offense. Love you very much, but. No, I mean, like, it's just like, I'm not super passionate about Grammarly, but I'm the Grammarly guy. <laughs> you are the Grammarly guy. When does that come out? I need to see it. I'm so excited. I, there's no specific date on it. If I guess, I think it's going to be September 21st because I auditioned. So I auditioned for the year prior to it and they cast me as a background character. And I said, I can't be there. And then this year I uh, did the audition again and actually booked it. And it looks like they're following the same calendar schedule. So I yeah. think it's going to be September 21st, which We're also posted on months. our social media so everyone can watch it. Yeah. And we're not, we're not sponsored by Grammarly, but I'm, I am here. That <laughs> you are the Grammarly boy. I am the Grammarly guy. You'll see me break through some drywall. It'll be wonderful. That's so exciting. I know. You're it, also the Danny Gonzalez guy. Yeah. And he's in my movie too. So we're yeah, like best are, buds. You guys are best friends. <laughs> yeah, we're like best friends now all the time. Talk bros, to them every day. Yeah. Besties. Okay. So. Did you have any other questions or was that it? That was it. I was. Oh. I think that was, we- was that two questions? I mean, it was too because I was like, do you write cover letters? Because I'm used to writing them, but I have been seeing them auto-populate for a lot of roles. I mean, you're represented, though. So, I mean, I am. that's also the difference is I'm not. So, I th- okay, if you're listening, if you have representation versus if you don't, and what kind of acting you do, do you write cover letters for your auditions? And if you do, do you think it's weird or not? I personally think it's stupid. Um, I agree. <laughs> No offense, uh, except for like voice acting where it's like, I, you know, I'm trying to tell you why. And even then I'm like, I don't know why I have a reel. Listen to my freaking reel. But uh, yeah, I'll shut so my if, now. if you don't write cover letters, that's fine. If you do write cover letters, please leave. Stop listening. Hey, hey, hey. I, we do this every week. Uh, Sit. I I saw Sydney earlier today. So Sydney, here's your shout, shout out. Shout out. Day, yeah. day one since day one, baby. Every day. Every day, bro, with that Disney Channel flow. Okay. Well, we've gone too far. <laughs> podcast. That's the end of the podcast. It's no more podcasts than you. Oh well, I heard you have some stories to tell oh, me. Oh, I have some stories. Did come you up with find them on our email? Did they email them to us? Yes. <gasps> and you can person, email us at what's her email uh fuck fuck adult <laughs> theater kid pod at gmail.com email um, us <laughs> sorry someone put this bit in here it says in my pants she has burst like the music of angels the light of the sun marius pants mercy so thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> this one's from sarah she says i have two stories i guess my first was when I did Wizard of Oz approximately a bajillion years ago. I was playing the Wicked Witch of the West, and it was such a small, low-budget production that when I melted, I was supposed to lay under a black sheet on stage. I had to lay there while the cast danced around and sang, ding dong, the witch is dead. Well, I had on these fake fingers, green and warty with long, red, talon-type nails. I thought it'd be funny if they were sticking out from under the sheet. 
But wouldn't you know, someone accidentally kicked my hand and the fake fingers went flying into the audience. Oh, no. You can imagine there was all kinds of screaming and crying from the little kids in the audience after that. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the splash zone. When I did Wizard of Oz, there was we had it was our last rehearsal. We had never done the like water bucket thing for the witch. And so someone decided to put real water in that bucket. And our witch was wearing like a satin black dress. We don't make decisions like that on the fly, people. Dorothy picked up this water bucket that she had never used before and thought it was just fine. She took the water, threw it on her, and we opened the next day. There was not supposed to be real water in that bucket. We don't do that. We we don't. What oh, were you thinking no. putting real water in Who that the bucket? Hell? And, oh uh, no. Yeah. So from then on, we used confetti. <laughs> but, um, yeah. You are not supposed to make decisions like that. I could go on like an actual rant about that, and I won't because it's not worth it. I feel like everyone who listens, you should know. Don't make like it's a big TikTok trend recently where it's like seeing like surprising other actors with like real pie on, you know what I mean? Don't do that. I mean, like, it's like, oh, there's a pie scene. I got a real pie and I'm surprised. Like, don't do that. Um, They are not prepared. You it's this. It's just so small. It's just a small chain. You don't know what's going to happen. Here's here's a great fucking story. Save those pranks for freaking like, I mean, I don't even know what to save them for. When I did when we were young and unafraid, I we had a lot of food. It was a very intimate theater, like super Mm. in our. I mean, I think the front row was a foot away from me at one point and I had to eat a lot of food because I was the one who actually ate in the whole show we made a lot of food I'm the only one who fucking consumed it and I at one point I had to go and eat a muffin and kind of talk with my mouth open and so the entire um rehearsal process I was the the technical director who this is in college so he's like a full-grown adult had gotten these like really moist lemon poppy seed muffins they were so fucking good Mm -hmm. and I could you know, eat a lot of it and talk around it because it was moist and easy to swallow. So we do the entire tech week, every dress rehearsal. I eat a lemon poppy seed muffin. I know what to expect. Opening night. I take my customary gigantic mouthful of muffin. Yeah. Surprise cornbread. Wow. (laughs) You're like, oh, Parker doesn't like cornbread. No, what you don't understand about cornbread is it is far drier than a fruit-based muffin. You can't so I've just follow. filled my mouth with this dry-ass cornbread. It's crummy. It's falling everywhere. And I'm struggling to get my lines out and also not fucking choke and die, but also not put food all over the ground. It was the worst day of my life. I have a so, very... Like, sorry, it's funny. Ahead. It's funny, like, but don't do that. I have a very similar story. I did uh, the importance of being earnest. And so there's that scene where uh, Ernest and Algernon are sitting there trying to eat the muffins because they don't want the other person to eat the muffins. Well, we had, um, no, we had scones. We had scones. And so we were both eating the scones. We had never had scones. And so we decided that it was our goal in our scene was we wanted to eat more scone than the other person to outdo them so we could like, be more important so uh that was our goal in the scene and i mean we are already doing british accents and i'm not good at accents hello 
Oh, 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 I, I'm, I'm earnest here. And so, as many of those scones as possible. So I legitimately at one point just had the full scone in my mouth, trying to yell at Algernon. Our director said, now that we got that out of our systems, you're not going to do that again. You're <laughs> not going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I said, okay. Oh, Lord of mercy. Yeah, don't, don't, just don't, don't do it. If you think, oh, it'll be, no, it won't be. Uh, Oh, it's just a small change. No, it won't be. <laughs> don't fuck with food. Um, the I know part, the viewers can't see this, but I'm drinking uh, cherry cola you, zero <laughs> sugar out of a two out liter of a bottle. Two liter bottle. <laughs> Hydrated. Yeah. My other much more embarrassing story was when I played Lydia Bennett in Pride and Prejudice about two years ago. <laughs> now Lydia is, to put a fine point on it, a total harlot. The good <laughs> bit of bimbo mixed in. <laughs> and it being Pride and Prejudice, the whole cast was wearing those lovely low-necked floor-length empire waist dresses that had elastic around the neckline and under the bust. Well, there were about four dance numbers in the play, even though it wasn't a musical. People went to balls all the time back then. And then one of the dance numbers, my partner stepped on the hem of my dress, which caused it to fall down. So I was naked from the waist up. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, I was wearing a bra. Oh, surprisingly, no one in the audience that I talked to saw anything, probably because I was in the back, but several of the other kids on stage saw. <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> Thankfully, I have not had to do. Oh, never mind. I take that back. I was going to say, I've never done a show shirtless. That is incorrect. I have done a show shirtless, and it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been. What show did you do shirtless? I did Narnia. <laughs> I was. I was a you shirtless in Narnia. I it, I was like a centaur, but the way we did it was I wore like just black pants and a bunch of leather straps that would go across. I have a picture of it. I'm not super happy with the picture because I look big yeah. in the picture, but we can post it on Instagram. So mm-hmm. go look at our Instagram. It's uh, hold on. What's our theater kid? Adult theater kid dot pod at adult theater kid dot pod. Our Instagram is at adulttheaterkid.pod. So go look at that picture. It'll be up later today. Um, so it should be up Speaking by the time of you're social watching. media and how we want to TikTok. Have you seen that new TikTok channel? It's like as a theater artist and you do something fucking ridiculous. No. I'm no. going to put that on our Instagram later. It's so funny. It's from the Green Theater Alliance. And they're like, as a theater artist, it can be hard. Like it's talking about climate change and like the impact theater people, like what we can do to help combat it and the first girl is like as a theater artist you can be worried about climate change and then this other dude comes up and he's like the most bfa program blonde tenor you've ever seen and he's like as a theater artist and then he does a (laughs) backflip and it's like completely silent (laughs) so it's just as a theater artist (laughs) it's so random and so people have been making fun of it it's so damn funny to me um there, have you seen this new the, the other one that's been going around it's not necessarily theater but it's kind of like everyone's singing where it's the um the pirates that do nothing so it's like maybe yes, I I and i never I, no i did one i saw I added to it. can i play it can we play the audio on for, here yeah go okay, for here, it here we go everyone listen to this 
you can follow me on TikTok at Jake Alex Will, and eventually there will be a Theater Kid Pod. But uh, you know, my life is a nightmare. So here we go. I loved a little. Uh, <laughs> <at the> <laughs> <laughs> I Did you actually hear that? I heard some of it. It's gonna come out fucked up, but that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um. Anyway, so that, that's that story. <laughs> um, you want to? It's a funny one. Have you ever? Okay, I remember. I think the biggest drama whenever I'm on a show with bikes on is like hot mic, hot mic. You know? Yeah. Like the fear. Like my big thing is like I'm always terrified. I'm gonna be like on mic while I'm pissing or something, and the entire <laughs> theater is gonna hear me pee. Yeah. And I'm just staring. I like I'll sit in the bathroom, like holding my mic, staring at the toilet. Like, what do I do? I can't just leave my piss in the toilet. But what if everyone hears the toilet flush? So I feel like everyone's I feel like everyone's terrified of that. Yeah. Um, this one's from Michael. Oh, this one wasn't me. But when I was in the musical Honk, which is based oh, on the Ugly Duckling, one of the stars, I'll call her Joe, went backstage and started talking about another star. I'll call her Lola. While Lola was on stage singing a solo, Joe's mic picked up what she was saying and broadcast to the whole audience. Yeah, Lola's such a skank. Did I tell you what Connor said about her? She continued on trashing Lola all over the place. The whole conversation was picked up with the mic. To make this even worse, Lola was only 11 at the time. No. <laughs> Lola, the 11-year-old skank. I hope I was described as a skank when I was 11. <laughs> I have, so I have a little bit of a Mike nightmare. I don't know if I've already told this. I don't think I've told this on the podcast, but um, I was in a show called Forever Plaid. And uh, so basically, maybe I have told this on the podcast. If you've already told me, if tell me off if I've already told this. Okay. But, um, I, was, I was in a show called Forever Plaid. And at the beginning of act two, we walk down the aisle and we do a Hawaiian number. And so we, I thought it'd be fun since it's a four person cast, we hand out lays before that number. And so we're standing outside the doors ready to go. And one of our cast members turns to me and says, you know, someone should say who wants to get laid as like a joke walking down the aisle. Who <laughs> wants to get laid? And, yeah. But the fun thing is, is that uh, he so he said someone should say who wants to get laid. His mic turned on, but his mic turned on after he said someone should say and then his mic turns on. Who wants to get laid? And so that comes over the speaker. And we have a full house at this point. There is a full audience. And our director was up in the balcony. And I've never seen a man run this fast down the stairs. But he darts down. He says, your mic is on. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Who wants to get laid? I thought it was great. <laughs> and then as a, as a joke, they have a. As a joke, I sent him a picture of this. I was going to buy it, but then I didn't. But there's a plaid condoms that... Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, there's plaid condoms. And it says, uh, who wants to get plaid? But then they crossed out the P. And so it says, who wants to get... get laid. <laughs> and so I was going to buy him some of those because it was for plaid. But then we... Uh, and then I just didn't. So sent him a picture of it. Still pretty funny. That's really funny. I love that. Uh, Jillian says I once whispered into the mic is this the right line <laughs> <laughs> that 
only was it my theatrical debut, but it got caught on video too. (laughs) (laughs) So many of these are just people like becoming naked on stage. That's everyone's worst nightmare. Is you're gonna wake up so many people naked. Um here, let me throw one more in there. Uh no, that's just gonna infuriate me. We were dancing to the song Jitterbug. This is Wizard of Oz. And when the lion was supposed to catch the scarecrow, but when he fell back into his arms, the lion completely blinked and the scarecrow hit the floor. (laughs) (laughs) When I did Urintown in high school, (laughs) um, they're going to hate me telling the story if they ever listen to it because they fully cried about it. But um, my friend was playing the dad strong, papa strong, and then the girl playing privilege to pee lady whatever her name is um she like they had a stage push that was yes penny so penny pushed papa strong and it was choreographed like it wasn't just like she they had practiced it it had always gone well something something went amok on this on this evening (laughs) he face planted the floor (laughs) his nose starts pouring blood oh no So we get off stage and she's like in tears. He's like, it's fine. It was a lot to deal with. Um, following that, when the oh, sorry, yeah, I, I got I got a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a lot of stories, but uh, yeah, when I did Wizard of Oz, we have you know how the trees throw the apples at mm-hmm. the Dorothy and Scarecrow. Well, our apples were like like full bean bags, and so they were like heavy. And they would like throw them at us and we'd like, they'd miss us. But uh, one day there is a full audience of children and it was an audience of 900 kids and the tree threw an apple and it hit me right in the jaw right here. And it hurt. Like it was a rock and now my jaw pops. So that's fun. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, listen. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, that's where I got hit with the apple. So now <laughs> oh. I have, now I live with that for the rest of my life. Ew. Uh, following that, when Glinda the Good Witch cast the freezing spell at the end of the song, instead of the snow, which was actually powdered microwave, ma- microwave, which was actually powdered microwave mashed potato mix, falling evenly across the stage it fell in one steady stream onto the jitterbug's face and into her mouth <laughs> oh, no. believe me it was not a very fun job helping her shake all the potato flakes out of a jitterbug costume oh Wait, no. hold on hold on they're they've got their songs backwards that's not jitterbug that's the poppies know. i don't you're talking to the wrong person no hold on okay i i am a wizard of oz person and i gotta say this story doesn't check out because Glenda the Good Witch. <laughs> Things just ain't adding up. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Jitterbug is a song in the show. However, the I the poppies are the ones that put all the characters to sleep. And that's when Glinda the Good Witch freezes the poppies so they can wake up. I know the show. That's false. <laughs> oh. I think they're mixing up two stories, but that's still pretty okay. funny. That's still pretty funny. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> when I was in the sound of music playing the captain, the word ship in one of my lines turned into shit. Go figure. <laughs> the audience didn't notice, but I could see the conductor and the whole band laughing at me. <laughs> um, I've definitely cursed on stage before. I'm like, fuck. 
my our Peter Pan did that too. They dropped her one day after she was flying, and she she was flying. Like, Fuck. She did. She fully did. There was an audience of it was a full audience of children, and they she was flying on the uh, stop Captain Hook, and they dropped her. She I love that. Yeah, fun. <sighs> okay, Just well, like those are my her. those are my stories for today. Wow. Well, Parker, we we had a show we wanted to talk about. We do. Yeah. Uh, would you like to introduce it, or you want me to introduce it? Spider-Man, turn off the dark. A great show. Uh, let me read you a description I found of Spider-Man, turn off the dark. I'm so ready. <laughs> Although often described as a rock musical, the production treads new ground that some commentators have asserted have effectively distanced it from its peers and caused some confusion when it comes time to describe the show. (laughs) I had the pleasure of seeing this show in person on Broadway. You saw it? Did anyone die while you were there? No. I had, and here's the thing. Uh, Who's the guy that plays... uh, is it Orpheus in Hades Town? I don't know the new one or the original. The original. Who played? Who played? Is that the, Reeve I got Carney? The, I saw Reeve Carney play Spider Man. Reeve Carney was Spider Man. He was Spider Man. I Reeve I saw, Carney. I saw Baby. Reeve Carney play Spider Man. Reeve Carney. Well, Baby. Hold on. Let me let me let me double to check that. I I'm almost no. Positive. I just checked for you. You are correct. I just yeah, can't believe no. it. I, I saw him play Spider-Man. And here's the thing. I was up in the balcony and uh, I didn't know this, but so at the end of the show, he's like flying all over the theater like crazy. And he landed in front of my chair and gave me a high five. That's so, pretty cool, actually. 12 year old Jake or 13 year old Jake was having the time of his life when he did you hear. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever hear um, there's this rumor that uh Imagine Dragons, their um, album. Okay, let me start over. There is this rumor that uh, Imagine Dragons 2012 album Night Visions was actually demos for Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. So like the song Radioactive, Radioactive. So was like Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? Really? Like it was meant like it was written for it. I cannot confirm this. Because, I mean, music's by Bono, so I don't know why he would be like, give me Radioactive by huh. <laughs> Imagine Dragons. But, um, I mean, I, it, that... okay. <laughs> makes sense to me. Have you seen, <gasps> oh my have God. You seen the, the show? This show was fucking stacked. Yeah. No, it's Hold crazy. On. <laughs> Hold on. This show was stacked. What the hell? Patrick Page was the Green Goblin? Yes. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> oh my lord. Oh my lord. Oh my gosh. Okay. Carney, uh, I cannot believe Reeve Carney did this. Carney only did six of the eight performances, and so they would swap in Matthew James Thomas, who would do Pippin in 2012. I what? listen, I if you have there's a song in this in in the soundtrack. I can't remember off the top of my head. I can figure it out. Hold on. Give me two seconds. I believe in you. It's on my phone. Um, I got Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark on my phone. <laughs> it's just, or I did at one point. I might have deleted it. 
Oh, nope, it's still on my phone. Um, it's one of the Rise Aboves. He has Rise Above. Rise Above, you're gonna rise above. <laughs> but uh, he... That's not right. it, but I wish it was. In the show, it's not on the soundtrack, and I don't know why it's not on the soundtrack. He hits an insanely high note. Like, it was insane. And oh. I am really sad it's not... That's the whole reason I bought the song, was to hear that one note, and he doesn't do it. But that. Have you watched? Have you watched the bootleg of this show? I have not. There, yeah, they I have feel a like whole, I need to. Yeah, you need to. There's a whole side plot where there's like a spider lady, and it like arachnid like times. Yeah, and it's. It, I don't understand that part. I don't. I never really got it. But the rest of it's pretty good. Having run on Broadway for over three years, the production failed to make back its seventy-five million dollar cost, the largest in Broadway history. With investors reportedly losing, do you want to guess how much they lost? Mm, 52 close 60 million dollars they only made 15 million dollars only 15 million how how did they only make 15 million how much did Beetlejuice make i don't fucking know oh here's another here's another fun one um the reason when when they initially on when they initially closed the show there were two reasons why falling ticket sales and they couldn't get any more injury insurance <laughs> because they they killed people didn't they didn't, sorry that i, I feel like lie. people fully died yeah no people I i'm being dramatic but it? i'm pretty sure people fully died reeve carney was yeah, like here i found cast injuries and additional replacements six people <laughs> it's too many people were injured while working on spider-man turn off the dark Two stunt doubles were injured during various flying sequences. Um, and then two safety inspectors cited the show for two OSHA violations. Um, and they fined them $12,600 in March 2011 for three violation, more violations. Um, one of the injuries occurred when Spider-Man stunt double Kevin Aubin broke both wrists oh. and another actor had broken both of his feet on the same move a month earlier. And then Natalie Mendoza, Natalie Mendoza. This is a sad gas. Hello. Natalie Mendoza, who was the original Arachne got a concussion at the first preview performance. No way. He was struck in the head by equipment in the wings. She didn't report the incident until November 30th, and then she appeared in the second performance against Doctor's Advice. Um, she later became ill, and her understudy played the role in her nearly two-week absence. She returned to the show for the evening performance on December 15th, and then <laughs> following the preview of December 20th, 2010, Spider-Man stunt performer Chris Tierney was injured and hospitalized. That, okay, there's so many things wrong with that, and I just want to jump back real quick. They made fifteen, or they they were sixty million dollars in debt. Uh, just just so you know, grossing the lowest week that Beetlejuice had, lowest week ever was two million two million one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. That's their lowest gross week. How much money? Was Spider Man losing to the fact that they could not make back all these OSHA fines? I mean, it's got to be that, Dude, that 
This is ridiculous. December 20th preview. Um, Christopher Tierney fell 21 feet off a piece of scenery when his harness wasn't connected to his safety cord. And he free fell through the stage into the orchestra pit. There was a, I remember hearing a story where they were talking about, it was just a preview. And so is it Mary Jane or Gwen? Which one's in the show? Do we know? I don't know off the top of my head. Also actor, Daniel Curry on August 15th, 2013, who is playing a villain was hurt because he was pinned under a piece of equipment and suffered leg trauma. No, that, that that's what I was saying though. The there was the during one of the previews, I don't know who was playing Spider-Man at the time, but they were doing a crazy thing where he was flying and uh the harness snapped. And so Mary Jane was watching him and she screamed on stage. And the people that were watching the preview thought it was just something that wasn't like oh, but she in felt- the show. What the fuck was and happening? They, they here? had to they had to pause the show and they had to make sure he was okay. He was not okay. He had to go to the hospital. But like, wow, how did this get to Broadway? <laughs> that that is my question. I mean, um, the New York Times said Joan Rivers was there backstage to develop more material for her stand-up act, which lately has begun with a moment of silence for those Americans risking their lives daily in Spider-Man the Musical. <laughs> Can you imagine being Reeve Carney be like, hey, so the other Spider-Man died. Would you Alan Cumming? Alan Cumming was the original cast for the Green Goblin. And he says about leaving the show, my God, that was a lucky escape. Jesus Christ, talk about dodging a bullet. That I cannot believe that. I mean, it, it's dangerous. It's a great show. I mean, I loved watching it. I I mean, I I'm the biggest thing I'm surprised about, though, is... Well, I'm not that surprised. The rights never came out to the show. The show is basically gone. It's You can't... You don't you get can't it do anymore. It. Yeah, because I... it's too dangerous. Which, I mean... that can you? They sunk so much money into this, and then just... To not even let people do it. Like, most shows... Suzical was a flop. Suzical was a huge flop, but people do it all the time. and They've made their money back, like, way... I don't know what how much money they made on that, but they must have made a ton of money on that. Okay, Parker, I, I got some sleuthing. Oh, did, you did some sleuthing. Yeah, I got okay. something for you. So they they hold a record here. Their record they they had two records, but this is the one record they still hold. I believe is by the time Spider Man Turn Out the Dark officially opened June fourteenth, two thousand eleven, it set the record for the longest preview period in Broadway history with one hundred and eighty two performances. Critical reception of the opening was better than previews, but mixed with praise for the visual effects and little enthusiasm for the book and score. Okay. I don't know what they mean by that. Rise Above is a great song. Rise Above, you're going to rise above. Um, I did some sleuthing because I know that there's a rumor that someone... So no one died because they were doing the show. The biggest thing that happened is that Christopher Tierney had a 20-foot free fall, which is still a very big deal, but he didn't die, but he was hospitalized for severe injuries. Also, Daniel Curry had some severe leg trauma. Um, uh, but I did find out that um, in 2012, a Spider-Man crew member was found dead in the Hudson River. How? What? Was he murdered? Um... 
What's his name? We're turning this podcast into a, a true crime podcast. No. Um, okay. TW suicide. It it looks like he. They looked like I don't know what happened. It. It looks like they investigated it as a suicide, but he was found fully clothed in the river. So. Uh, uh, that is not a joking matter, seriously. But um. Yeah. Um. Uh, but they also okay. I'm really confused because now I'm finding conflicting information. Okay. Um, it says in the weekend of January first, two thousand twelve, it also held the box office record for Broadway sales in one week. Oh. In two point nine million over nine performances until it was beaten by Wicked at the end of the year with two point nine four seven million. They got Tony nominees, but they were not for anything but costume and scenic design. <laughs> they had there's, there's one really cool number where they they had so many stunt doubles for Spider-Man, but there was like a number where Spider-Man's standing in front and all of a sudden you just see like eight Spider-Man appear behind them and it's like mirrors are moving. It was crazy. Yep. Uh, that's it was not a good thing to tell on a podcast because you can't visualize it, but hey, it was cool. <laughs> 13-year-old Jake remembers it. So I cannot believe oh Patrick Page is also in and he was in Hades Town too. He played Hades. I wonder if he and Reeve Carney were backstage like, remember when we fucking did Spider-Man turn <laughs> off the dark? <laughs> Do you, Do you remember that? So do you think there's anything between like do you think is there any connection between those two shows, Hades Town and Spider Man? Like other than that, or not really? Like producers or the, the producers the same? Um I don't know. Let's see if we can figure that out. Um, I don't know where I would look. Early development delays and budget overruns. Hmm. Cast and creative team replacements. I'm not seeing anything about who. I know who. Okay. I don't see anything about who did the casting, unfortunately. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at my uh top searched actors from Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. Top searched for, actors. Yeah, and it, for some reason, an Alan Cumming, which makes sense. When Frank he Oz. Poor baby. What? What about? Why is Andy Sandberg popping up on here? Was did Andy Sandberg? Did Andy Sandberg do anything? Andy Sandberg. I don't see him. Andy Sandberg. You're gonna have to cut all this out. Uh, so the director Julie Taymor whose vision had driven the concept of musical was replaced by creative consultant Philip William McKinley by the time Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark officially opened it set the records for the longest preview okay yeah we already knew that but so what happened to Julie Taymor I think that's what I'm asking why did she she go Uh, maybe because she wrote like the worst show (laughs) and hey it was great. We're I, still I making it. fun of it today. Yeah, that is true. It, it it definitely has the most like. Okay, I found her, Julie Taymor. What's going on with her? What is she doing? Julie Taymor was born December fifteenth of nineteen fifty two. Happy birthday! Yeah, and she wrote a couple things. She she's a writer of theater, opera, and film. Since her stage adaptation, holy crap! Okay, oh. Julie Taymor. She also wrote. The Lion King on Broadway. <laughs> it's just <laughs> and, uh, how so, the mighty 
fall. Yeah, debuted in 1997, 24 global productions have been seen more than it by 100 million people. Uh, it is worldwide gross entertainment. Yeah, so obviously so she's it's written. So she's written the most amazing show on Broadway and the worst show. Probably the worst. <laughs> yeah. So let's just let's just see a couple of hers. Uh, so I'm looking at different things. What did let me type in what she what did she write? What plays did Julie Taylor find it? Uh, written works. Yeah. So The Lion King, Titus, The Tempest, and Spider Man. <laughs> so all right. It really feels like if you look at just the posters. Titus, The Tempest, and The Lion King all have kind of... I know Lion King seems like it's just kind of thrown in there, but it has a similar vibe. And then Spider-Man just comes out of left wing. Like, she just... I guess she just likes Spider-Man enough to throw it in there. Okay, hold on. I just found something. Where is this from? I'm going to read you some highlights from this culture, New York culture, BBC culture. Um, 10 years ago, this is from, I'm sound like it. I'm Glenn Berger. He's a uh, playwright and he's um, a writer. This is what he has to say. And the director was Julie Taymor, who had masterminded the record-breaking stage adaption of Disney is the Lion King. Turn off the dark couldn't go far wrong with a pedigree like that, could it? We were opening the door, he says, either to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory or some sort of slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> the show relied on complicated aerial stunts in which the performers were suspended from wires, and so the first preview was bound to keep stopping and starting as technical hitches were addressed. But everything was going relatively smooth until the last seconds before the interval. Interval? Intermission? Then there was a flourish, says Berger, when Spider-Man flies off through the audience towards the balcony. And for some reason, he stopped. So you had Spider-Man dangling seven feet above two first rows. It was the worst possible position because no one could reach him. <laughs> one, of, one of the crew members... <laughs> one of the crew members fetched a stick to prod him with, but it didn't help. <laughs> it was like a live Spider-Man pinata, but we knew what he... <laughs> end of the night well that's the worst it's ever going to be we'll keep improving it and improving it but it's gonna be duck suit by the time we open in january and it didn't work out like that oh just <laughs> i honestly it's not shocking that i i genuinely maybe she's done something after spider-man but i can't find anything i can't by May 2011, Turn Off the Dark had become so synonymous with theatrical disaster that a headline in The Onion, the satirical newspaper, appeared to be only slightly exaggerating nuclear bomb detonates <laughs> during rehearsal for Spider-Man musical. <laughs> uh. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> uh, when it closed in January 2014, it had made a loss of $60 million, a Broadway record. Uh, a surefire hit had become a legendary debacle. I'm philosophical about it all, about all of it, says Berger. It might end up in my obituary, and I'm not too happy about that. But I'd rather have Spider-Man on my resume than the Iraq War. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> 
Well, when you look at the Iraq war versus my shitty production, Glenn Berger. <laughs> Berger, I like how he's able to be like, I wrote something horrible. Thanks for your honesty, Glenn Berger. Okay, I I tried to look this up. I So Dance of the Vampires held the title for the most money lost on Broadway until Spider-Man closed. And I believe Spider-Man still holds the record for most money lost. I might yeah, be wrong it... on that, but okay, Parker. I do have to, I have a question for you. So, what other MCU character could hold their own musical? Batman, because Holy Musical Batman is hands okay. Down well, one that, of the he's mic. not MCU. He's DC. Oh, <laughs> so just... <laughs> okay. Um, fuck. I have someone in mind. You do? I do. Captain, um, Captain America. Because what show made a parody of the musical for him, right? No, I was just saying, like, if Broadway had to come back with a new character, I think it should be Captain America. Yeah. Because he, he has the 1950s, so you could use, like, that as a big band sound. Yeah, music. you could do that. Um, That'd be fun. I think that would be fun. And there's um, no stunts, so they can't lose money. So <laughs> it should be fine. Who else would be interesting? I'm trying to think. I'm... <laughs> Uh, uh, that's really it as far as Hawkeye. No, <laughs> no, I okay. Jeremy Renner, did you know Jeremy Renner has a band? Did you know that? Jer, yes. Oh, sorry, I gotta wait. Give me one second. I gotta respond yeah. to this. Okay, okay. Can I play yes. something? Jeremy yes, Renner has Jerry a band. Jeremy Renner's yeah. band. Can I play you this real quick? Please, please. <laughs> you can't tell me uh, that you don't want to see this man on Broadway. I don't. Pricing his role uh, as Hawkeye. Why did he do that? <laughs> so imagine Jeremy Renner. He enters the stage. It's just a spotlight. And he says, I know I was always meant for the arrow. I didn't choose the arrow life. It chose me. And I then the, the lights come up and he has a bow and arrow and he shoots it. And then he starts singing. That's a hit Broadway musical right there. I'm still thinking about how Glenn Berger said that he's like, I regret it. It sucked, but I would rather have turn off the dark on my resume than the Iraq war. I just, those aren't comparable, Glenn. Those aren't the same thing. Oh, uh, man. I I do think we have to say, just in general, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark gave us so many laughs. So and we, many, so we many did enjoy it. Has. And um, I hope that one day... I'll be able to see a community theater do Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> I think. That's um, what we all deserve, honestly. That's my goal. If you want to no. see a really good, but really stupid um, superhero musical, Holy Musical Batman by Team Star Kid on YouTube. So fucking funny. Yeah, the best MCU character, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ho is going to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Parker, I feel like our podcast is coming to a close. You're, so. you're, you're. Um, what, what role do you want to ask me about? 
I, yeah, you know, you read my Actually, mind. Actually, hold on, hold, hold on. Let me do business and then you ask me. Okay. Okay. Business. You can listen to Adult Theater Kid Pod. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever else podcasts are sold. But not wondering. But not wondering. You can follow us on the internet at adulttheaterkid.pod on Instagram. And you can send us your cringy or mildly traumatizing theater stories to the email adulttheaterkidpod at gmail.com or just say hi. Um, if you are listening to this podcast and you are enjoying it, thank you, first of all. Second of all, please consider leaving us a review and subscribing because it actually helps put us in front of other people. And I know it sounds like Jake and I are fucking around. We are. We are. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, we still want to be in front of other people. So, yeah, tell us your stuff. Let us tell know if you like what we're doing. Tell your friends. Tell your and, mom. Um, and your yeah. dad. We'll have next week. We'll talk to you about more weird stuff, and we'll tell you some more stories. Okay, Parker, <laughs> you ready for my for my uh, favorite bit where I give you a role and you have to tell me if I can fit it or not? Do yeah. you think I could play Spider Man in Spider Man: Turn Off the Dark? Um. Do you get hurt? Like, I I here's the thing. I, I think- don't. The entire show, I'm wearing a harness that's just a little too tight. So, yeah, <laughs> you see me waddle across the stage. Can it's I do it? A little too, yeah. Me and Reeve Carney, one and the same. That's what Parker's saying. <laughs> Parker, I cannot Parker, believe Reeve Carney did that. Parker said, I'm better than Reeve Carney. You I know. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on there. <laughs> also, apparently, the original, okay, let me also say this. In the original writing, they're like when they were workshopping it they had a geek chorus like a greek chorus and they had like and they had people from spring awakening in it and they got rid of it and i'm like i know nothing about this show but i'll tell you right the fuck now the geek chorus would have saved it okay okay hold on i have one more story maybe you can throw this in earlier in the edit so when i saw the show i remember i walked backstage to go get like the meat the whole cast and everything and so I remember just seeing Flash on the stage and then he came out and I wanted to get like uh, him to sign my playbill. And he walked right past me and went to this lady and said, hey, uh, did your parents enjoy the show? And she was like, yeah, no, they loved it. And then I said, oh, uh, what's his name? Invited his girlfriend and his girlfriend's parents. So I don't know what happened to this story, but I like to believe that they got married and love each other. <laughs> And that like her, par- <laughs> so her parents were just so impressed with him playing Flash that they gave him the consent to marry their daughter. <laughs> it's like a dowry. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's all I got. You yeah. got anything else? Nope. We'll see you next week on Adult Theater. Theater Kid. 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 Child. Kid. Child. <laughs> Nope, (laughs) adult theater adolescent.